All right, and welcome on my next guest. We've got Justin Shackle, Yankees digital reporter, and Justin, uh, baseball's back. Yeah, uh, I have kind of have to alter my sleep schedule. I was, uh, I was, I was getting to bed earlier than usual while we were waiting for games to come on, and then. Uh, on Thursday, opening night, finally here. Uh, you know, the game, obviously, everything around the game looks a lot different. We know that. But when they get between the lines, the two teams, and, and you know, the first pitch was thrown, it was baseball. It's everything that we, you know, we're longing for. So, uh, you know, nothing to be be too mad about, regardless of the rules, the guidelines, and all the protocols. It's obviously not what we're all accustomed to. But, uh, in this situation, 2020, it's it's you know baseball in Wonderland. Expect the unexpected. It was it was great. Yeah, so I saw yesterday. Of course, Juan Soto didn't play, so I decided all right, it's probably gonna be a pretty slow game. Decided to start watching around the sixth inning, which is the best part to start watching a <laughs> baseball game because you get a you get a nice half inning and then rain. So it, it reminded me a lot because I, I worked for Masson a couple years ago, the year the Orioles traded Machado, and it rained every night. It was literally like they were the worst team in baseball. It was they traded, they traded Machado, they traded um, Britain, they traded everybody. I couldn't tell you. They had Renato Nunez. He was the big, big marquee name. Everybody came to see. It rained every single night, and I'm thinking like, all right, baseball's coming back. It should have started a couple months ago. They're gonna start it up now. Hopefully, it's a nice day. Please don't rain. And then. <laughs> There we go. It, and, and there was impending doom. You knew you knew on Wednesday that on Thursday night it was going to monsoon in D.C. So, uh, you know, chalk it up to it being, you know, 2020, the year of, of disaster. But, uh, yeah. but, hey, the game got in. Yeah. The game was official. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what a lot of people were waiting for. They were yeah. waiting before the, the sky opened up for this game uh, to be official and just got there in the nick of time. Yeah, it was, it was like it's just like a stereotypical opening day. You had Mariano Rivera at a White House press conference, and you had Anthony Fauci throwing out the first pitch. Like, just like normal day. It's like every day. But no, but I had an idea. Not they didn't have it at the Nats game. You know how they have these cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Okay, so fans can pay like if, what? How, how, do you know how much it is off the top of your head? It's a couple hundred. I bucks, know. Right? I, I yeah, around a hundred bucks. I think that's okay. the average price. I, this is what I think they should do to, to get more fans involved, get more people watching the game. So the fans obviously can't be at the game. They can watch on TV. I think what they should do is take down the nets behind. Take down the nets behind. Take them for the, some of the stadiums that have it in the back around where the uh, um, take down the nets. And if a foul ball or a home run hits your cardboard cutout. You get the ball. That's a pretty good idea. There have been ideas, uh, you know, popped up all over from people trying to figure out what to do with these yeah. these baseballs that, you know, go into the stands. Some uh, auction it off to charity. I think that's a good idea. If you're paying yeah. for the seat, yeah. hey, yeah. you might as well get the ball. Yeah. Um, like, I it, it takes the head off the cut the cutout. They send it to you <laughs> yeah. and the ball. Like it's like a little. I think that'll get people watching because it'll get people to wanna. Put the put money in to get a cutout, and then they'll be watching to see if their cutout gets decapitated on Fox. So we'll see. And hopefully, the, but like if it hits it, you know which one it's hitting, and you you and obviously have all the information of the person who paid for it because the person spent two hundred dollars for a cardboard cutout, and you've got the replay to see where it's going. I think it's a win-win. You know, one of the things I, I thought about while I was watching the game, imagine if the Nationals were one of the teams that had the, the cardboard cutouts last night with all, with all rain. that rain. Yeah. It would have been really funny watching all these these yeah. fans' cardboard cutouts just 
getting yeah. soupy and, and and sogging over. That's the one. That's the one drawback with the cutouts. Like the 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 tarp crew can run out and cover up the field. It's gonna be very hard to run up and down the stadium in the middle of a torrential monsoon and and grabbing all these cutouts and then putting them back in place where they were. That's an issue. That could be an issue. So I don't know what their policy is with that. I don't know if you get like a new cutout, but. I would. I'm. I'm curious to see. I guess we're we're gonna figure out through one full week when we get a look at every team being in their home ballpark. Which teams are doing that? I think there are probably far uh, a far greater amount of teams using that empty space and kind of putting uh, a tarp with an advertisement on top of it. They're probably making more yeah. money that way than yeah. having some. Maybe maybe in the area, you know, right behind home plate. But uh, but again, that's that's prime real estate if you're yeah. you know looking to make uh extra money here so yeah. or, or uh, what I, they could do what they could do is you could put different ads in each seat and if your ad gets hit by a foul or home run you could say 20 percent off at papa john's or something like that <laughs> they've <laughs> got to work something yeah, in. yeah they they make it feel normal right yeah no but and then I, do you know if there's the ads or the, the cutouts are more expensive for the better the seat because i saw some of them i think it was the late game like they had like Guy Fieri, like right behind home plate or right over there. I'm like, I wonder if he paid a little extra because, or they they said, oh, oh interesting. Like, yeah, I don't I know. Th- I've, I've heard flat rates, man. I'm, I'm not sure, really, but I've oh. heard flat rates. So maybe yeah. they're uh, maybe they're giving the uh, the triple D guys some preferential treatment. Yeah, I don't know. What if what if they could do something? Like, this is, I'm just spitballing here. If like they had, there's probably too many people to do it, but let's say they sold they sold 300. Um, 300 cutouts and they have all the people kind of on standby. And if their cutout gets hit by a foul ball, they put them on the jumbotron, the people. And they have to go on the game broadcast. Yeah. As well. So you gotta, you gotta be, so yeah, I don't know if they need to be prepped, but so that, that'd be, so yeah, but I, I just want rain, man. I want, yeah. I want nationals park type rain and, and see how durable these cutouts are. Yeah. And they're not, yeah. I, I can't <laughs> imagine them putting in top, top rate. It's, 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 cardboard so yeah, yeah. that's why and then for so baseball's coming back hopefully they can everybody can stay out there blue jays are finally picked a home what are your thoughts on them i, th- I see they, they finally settled on buffalo which is pretty close man i feel really bad for them because even though buffalo is a triple a ballpark yeah um there, there's a stark difference between triple a amenities major league amenities you work your way up to the big leagues to have those certain you know major league amenities and if you're a big leaguer, you kind of get used to that because it's kind of gone into your routine. And, you know, we're talking about things that are in the facility, in the clubhouse, um, different things that are in the, the athletic trainer's room. You know, maybe they don't have as many massage t- tables. And, yeah, that may seem Well, they're breaking small. them anyway. Some Buffalo. Yeah, you have to that's break right. Um, yeah, that may seem small in, you know, the eyes yeah. of a fan. But I think that matters if that's part of your routine. If you're into the um, – you know the the warm tub, the the hot tub, the hot tub, the cold tub, vice versa. I don't know how many hot and cold tubs a Triple A ballpark will have in Buffalo. Um, so there's a lot of things that um, with them in Buffalo. But look again, goes back to it being yeah. part of a pandemic. Obviously, yeah. you're making you know rules uh, as you go and. I think they have a good attitude, a good spirit about the whole thing. They know they kind of have to uh, just go with it and, and acclimate themselves. But uh, I, I would say, yeah, it's a, it's a disadvantage. Um, I think the 
great news for the Buffalo minor league team. Cause I just read this before we, uh, we started talking that they're getting new lights. I think that was a big oh, cool. sticking point because so the players I, are thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, no baseball all season, but we get lights. Look, uh, that's, <laughs> those are one of the big differences yeah. between a major league ballpark and a minor league ballpark. The, the major league parks, they have state of the art lighting. Um, so I think they're putting in new lighting, which is pretty expensive for a minor league team to go into their pockets for it. Uh, I'm guessing the Blue Jays are going to be covering that. But uh, all in all, yeah, they have a home. They've finally found a resolution to all that. But um, I think it is potentially a disadvantage for the Blue Jays. Yeah, because I know they were talking about potentially playing at Camden Yards. And if they were playing at Camden Yards and the Orioles were playing at Camden Yards, Camden Yards as a whole might reach 40 wins this year. So <laughs> very interesting. No, but no, but it's, I think it's do – you, do you think – are they not allowed to play in the home – they could practice in the home ballpark in Toronto? I think the big sticking point there was that the, the Canadian government just didn't want people coming in and out of their country what if when it was they just had the, everything under just, control. It was just the Blue Jays staying in there, the practicing, and then when they go to the game, they go to Buffalo. That's a good question, but I would probably think that once the Jays are in Buffalo, they're staying there because, yeah. again, now, now the Jays are coming and going themselves. Um, and they're interacting with uh, those other major league teams. Yeah. I just think, uh, you know, Toronto and, and the Canadian government didn't want to touch this at all this yeah. season, even though I'm, I'm sure, you know, what, what little money, you know, they're making by having games at Scott, you know, at, at Rogers Center, I'm calling it Sky, don't date myself. But, um, but yeah, I, I think they, you know, realize they have some, this, this under control. They don't want it to spread in a major city like that. So I think the, I think the Jays, I don't, I don't think they're going to be crossing that border anytime mm-hmm. soon. No. no, no. The thing is, like, and Canada's happy. They're like, all right, we got the, we got the baseball team out of town. We're all hockey for a couple months. All hockey. You got uh, you got it going in really Edmonton and Toronto. I think Toronto, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, yeah it's cool. pretty ironic. Yeah, but yeah, they're like, hey, we guys, can't have yeah. two teams. <laughs> we can have ten. That's the rule. So, but you got to stay here. No, that's yeah. Do you think? I'm still nervous that with baseball not doing a bubble cases could spike are you concerned or do you think they're being safe um i think there are reservations that i have regarding that for sure um it's something that we're going to find out uh, especially once the travel gets going uh i'm not so concerned about the teams in the northeast so teams in the nl and the american league east i'm looking at that you know that that western division in both leagues you have you have two teams in texas in the al west traveling to places like Seattle and Oakland. I mean, yeah, they're in the division, but it just shows you how wide this stuff is. Um, you have, you know, a team in, in Denver going to San Diego, going to San Francisco. Um, and and you, obviously you have both, both Western divisions playing one another. So there's, there's even more travel there. That's what concerns me. Um, I, I, you know, we're, we're not in a bubble. This is what it is. This is the setup. I'm going to go with it. But those are the reservations I have with this entire setup. Uh, My personal opinion is that it probably would have worked better if they were in a bubble. Um, But then when you look at the state of things right now across the country, you ask yourself, man, where would that bubble be exactly at this moment? So, look, they're doing what they can. Winnipeg. Yes. Yes, Nova Scotia. Well, hey, Toronto's open. So yeah. they could have just well, had Toronto's, all three teams Toronto's go there. Got, a little, got some stuff going on in the next couple months. So we'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but like, 
I'm concerned about the teams that are playing some of these hot spots, like anybody playing the Diamondbacks, anybody playing in California, anybody playing in yeah. Texas. I'm sure the, the Astros will figure out a way to circumvent everything because they're so good at that. But, um, yeah, I think the success of baseball this season has a – I think it's going to give people more and more confidence about NFL. Even though NFL, they're not doing it kind of regionally. They're, they're sched- I don't think the schedule is going to happen as is. I think they're going to either have to do two hubs, AFC, NFC, or just kind of split it down geographically. But if NBA had, had a lot of reservations in advance, seeing the success that Major League Soccer has had in terms of low case numbers and kind of containing it, there's also not that much stuff to do in Orlando right now. If they were in Miami, I'd be much more concerned, especially NBA. James Harden's been going out every night. But um, I, I, seeing the low case numbers and seeing, I think NBA tested a couple days ago, of course, is before the scrimmages. So these guys are only hanging out with their own teams. Zero cases in a, in a, in a, in a, a study of over 300. So if they can keep that going, I'm I'm confident. But I also need to, that that's we're also not, the NBA season hasn't started yet. We've already got guys getting takeout and getting quarantined and leaving and coming back. So we'll see how it all works. Yeah, I you know I think you just have to use your head. I think teams are going to do as good of a job as possible as far as policing one another. And I think you know that that's on the player level as well. Um, you know, just just taking in baseball, I think players, especially on teams that really feel like they had, you know, a, a strong chance of, of winning a championship yeah. this season. They didn't want to waste that. Um, and I think a lot of clubhouse policing is going on now. Also, you got to take, yeah, there, there's going to be an outlier in virtually anything. I think though the serious of the seriousness of all this is understood for the large majority, you know, could there be a, you know, a rule broken here and there along the way? Absolutely. Something that kind of um, caught my attention, though, dudes today in baseball, man, they're playing video games nonstop. It's not like it was, you know, in the 90s and the, the early 2000s where guys are going out and, you know, they're closing down bars. These guys are closing down their games in their hotel rooms. And they're bring- I mean, I saw the Yankees traveling to D.C., on an Acela train, and I, I think it was Aaron Hicks. He had his whole video game set up on the train. I mean, that's like a three-hour train ride, so to speak. But they they spread it out, man. So um, I think as long as they have their video games, they're going to be occupied. And um, obviously, that's going to be taking place indoors, insulated in their uh, in their respective hotel rooms on the road. So I think video games are going to be playing a large part yeah. of these uh, these leagues coming through during this pandemic. I'm just hoping, like, in some of the cities, we obviously you're going to start seeing bars and stuff start closing down. That's that's going to start happening. I know, at least in Baltimore, I saw that they're starting to close indoor dining, so bars are next. I'm just hoping in some of the cities that aren't as, aren't as strict that when there's more kind of, I'm trying to think of the word, there's more stuff to do, even like, like if you're going to play Miami, even if the bars mm-hmm. are closed, you can still go to the beach. Yeah. You still do a lot of stuff. I'm hoping the players use restraint. I think, look, you could say to yourself, man, do, do you really need to go to the beach right now? Do you want to go to the beach in this, you know, small three, four-day window that you are in Miami? Or do you want to have a ring for a lifetime yeah. or, you know, have that opportunity to potentially play for a ring and have that last a lifetime? So, again, it's all about using your judgment. And I think the, I think the most disciplined teams are going to be the, at the ones that are at the top, even – with these expanded playoffs now, uh, when we talk exclusively yeah. about baseball, I think 
those teams that are the most disciplined are, are going to have an edge because it's a mindset. Were, what were your thoughts on the, when the expanded playoffs when they, when they put it in, in uh, action? Well, I mean, I was just like sitting down right before first pitch and no, um, but pretty hours before first pitch, uh, first pitch of the season, this comes down. I think it changes a lot. Now, I think the players knew this was a, a possibility. I think it just wasn't leaked to, you know, the public. And, hey, look, that's a good thing, yeah. uh, you know, when you compare it to all the labor disputes earlier in the late spring and summer. But um, as far as the layout goes, man, I think the elite teams now have a huge piano hanging over their head because, you know, the 60-game season, yes, every game matters. But if you are a good team, if you have talent, and if you – kind of were pegged to be one of those teams that are going to be heading to the postseason during a 162 game campaign. You're pretty much a lock. The problem is if you are one of those elite teams, the, the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, the, you know, the, the Astros, uh, put the Rays in there, the Braves, if you're any one of those teams and you win your division or if you're that one seed that's taken on the eighth seed and you know you have home field through those three games you can still get beat because a three game series is so short if you're take example for you know the, the Yankees and say a team like and the Texas Rangers who i think you know have a, have a chance now uh, at opening up some eyes if you take the, the Texas park, Rangers the new, the new park is fantastic. yeah new park it, even though airplane looks like, hangar it looks like a, it looks like a Coles but it's a great yeah. it's a great park um, i think look i mean you have uh, Corey Kluber, Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, three horses, you know, you know, give or take what you think of Kluber now, but he's still, a, you know, a great talent, um, you know, right there. If, if you get beat by uh, Miner and Kluber in two games, your season is over. So um, I, do I like that aspect of it? Not really, but it, it'll certainly make things more exciting. It'll add more games in the month of October for this season, which is awesome because I think we're all starved for more games. So in a 60-game season in 2020, do I like it? I'm, I think I have, uh, you know, I, I don't have both feet all the way in, but I do like the fact that there are going to be more games. Would I like this in a 162-game schedule? Absolutely not. But I do fear that if they're trying it now, and the TV networks like what they're getting, and what they're getting is money. Yeah, it's going to become an inevitable reality for a 162 game season down the line. So, with the reduced season and expanded playoffs, the Orioles only win about 40 games a year. So, I they were my deep sleeper coming in, even though they normally have about 100 more to play. So now they've got a little bit of a cushion. So. Are you now concerned that, okay, they, they normally know how many wins they like to get every year. Now they have an added chance to even make the playoffs. Are they the biggest threat to Major League Baseball for a World Series pennant this year? Man, the teams with nothing to lose, are they yeah. going to lose more? Yeah. Um, less, uh, oof, that's a great question. Yeah, do, do like the, the absolute bottom feeders yeah. in the sport. You know, the, the Orioles, the, and there's not too many of them. The Orioles, the Tigers. I don't even know if I'm kind of hesitant to put the Marlins there. I think there's like one rung above that or one half rung above it among uh, above that. So do they think they have a chance? I I seriously hope that they have that mindset at least the first, you know, three, four weeks of the season. So, um, 
I think if you're not playing to win this year, I think you don't know what you're doing because you definitely have a shot in a 60 game season when more than half the league is making the playoffs. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just kind of sad that with all baseball coming back, people are going to stop watching Korean baseball, which is I probably watched twice. Probably thought about watching it probably 30 times. Probably watched it twice. Couldn't find any hoodies. Couldn't find, I was looking for a Wyvern hoodie. And yeah. And it couldn't find it anywhere, especially when they're not doing uh, global um, shipping. So that's probably a big thing too. But yeah, but I think it's interesting with all this stuff adding on and then hopefully we can get the, everybody can kind of get their stuff together. I, I just find it very, very interesting with everything. I, the one thing they really haven't said about it is trades are going to be weird. Trades are going to be like, you have to quarantine for a couple of weeks. And maybe if the guy has, if he gets test positive and test positive again, what if he says, you know what, screw it. We don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I think this trade deadline is either it's going to be there on paper, but in reality, it, I don't know if there's, going to be an executive out there look if, if a team is in position to make a huge addition and improve their ball club yeah they're probably going to do it how it's going to happen is really tough to wrap your head around not only because of the pandemic um and and all the rules and protocols that they'll have to go into a player moving from one city to another but we were just talking about expanded playoffs i mean what is the what is the cutoff point for a team to figure out whether or not they're in this or they're out of this. And, and even if, you know, the thing is there are teams that think, okay, we may be good to make a late season push, but when we get to the postseason, what will it really matter? We don't have a chance to, you know, beat a, a Dodger team or a Yankee team. Um, so, you know, what's the real point? And I think that's the mark of a good executive because yeah. it's obviously not a, you know, a situation, you know, it, it in that scenario, they're probably breaking down a team when the fan base wants it to go the other way. And I think that's the, the mark of a good, you know, executive here. Um, you know, you may think you have a chance at making the playoffs. And if you do, you have a chance at advancing in the postseason. So it's completely different. Um, and I can't imagine a player being dealt during a pandemic and all that goes into moving him and his family and, you know, moving from city to city, but then, um, when you when you expand the field, it, it it raises a whole bunch of different questions. So that's something that just has to unfold here, and I think it's something that everyone's just going to sit back and wait for because it is completely unpredictable. Do you think the Yankees solidified their shot at the postseason last night solely because Juan Soto didn't play? <laughs> I was so bummed out that he was not in that lineup because he was the one dude that I really wanted to see not only face the Yankees, but face Garrett Cole, uh, you know, in his, in his Yankee debut. He could, he could have in October, Garrett Cole said that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see the, the Soto stare from the batter's box, um, all the moves that he makes in the box. Um, I love that. And it was, uh, it was a bummer to not see him in that lineup last night, but um, man, you got to like what you uh, saw if you are a Yankee fan between yeah. Cole doing, you know, his thing, even when you could tell he was really amped up and probably not at his best. If that wasn't his best, man, sign me up for his future starts because yeah. it's going to be a real treat to watch. Uh, but overall, he looked very good. Uh, I mean, his fastball uh, definitely had life north of the zone and he got some really big outs even when he was behind in the count. So it, it was really impressive to watch. Um, you know, he gave up that one home run and then retired 
14 of the last, you know, of the next 16. But I thought the lineup spoke louder. Um, I think the cool part about the lineup last night facing Max Scherzer, um, who could be a guy that I, I think he's one of the top pitchers in the game, but he worked a lot last year. And I think the, you know, the layoff to the start of this season is serving those type of pitchers a whole lot right now. But even so, um, you know, I, I thought going into this season when it was a regular schedule that Scherzer may regress because of that workload. But last night, you saw him adjust his game based on this Yankee lineup that seemed pretty loaded. He wasn't throwing as many fastballs. He was really pounding his sliders. Sliders, terrific pitch. But he had to deviate from his plan of attack that you know he would normally go to the mound with because of this Yankee lineup, it was stacked. And, you know, those hitters right at the top, um, they, they put good contact on Scherzer. They hit him hard. And it was exactly what you want to see from guys like Aaron Judge and guys like Giancarlo Stanton. And uh, when those two are contributing in big ways in the same game, the team just feels different. And uh, as a fan, I think, you know, you, you can pick that up as well. So, um, you really had to like what you saw if you watched the Yankees on opening night. Speaking of Scherz, it's actually kind of funny to say this because for some, for, was, I don't know if you've heard the stories. It's kind of people were talking about it in October. So there's a guy who came to the Nationals parade, and he literally looks like a spot on Max Scherz, like it could be his, <laughs> like his, like his twin brother. And people thought it was. So he got, I think he probably had like the best day of his life. For some reason, he found me on LinkedIn, and he's been trying to like kind of like promote his clout months later. I'm like, dude, you do look like Max Scherzer. <laughs> but I don't know how I can help you. Like, we know, we, we know you're not Max Scherzer now. Is and this the same doppelganger that was in the news, like, right before the first game on Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, wow. yeah. He, I'm like, yo, it's, it, it's July. Like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking His 15 minutes had legs. Yeah, no. And, and I, I want, I'd like – they should do a 30 for 30 on his night because <laughs> he probably had the best. I, I don't even know. Like, I'm like, I don't like, I don't know. Like, like, the thing is, it's not like he's just, he's, he's shooting messages on LinkedIn. It's not just he's like, shooting messages. He's doing the in-mail, which he's paying to reach out to me. And I'm like, I can't help you. So it's wild. But Scherzer, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they could use him as a reliever. I don't know. We'll say, but I don't know his arm is, but no, but this has been a lot of fun, man. I really want to thank you again for chatting for a few minutes. And then for people that don't follow you on social media, how can they find you? It's really boring. It's just my name, my first and last. Justin Shackle, S-H-A-C-K-I-L. Same thing for Twitter and Instagram. Those are the two, uh, two spots that I'm most active on. So, uh, yeah, if you're into, into baseball, into, I don't even call it now, Eastern baseball this season in 2020, AL East, NL East, um, you know, and you want to go for the ride there, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So uh, thanks a lot, Zach. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. You know, TikTok or not? I'm hoping TikTok, <laughs> TikTok goes along with 2020 when the year ends. I'm, I, I, I think it's great, but like, it's too much for me. I have to admit, I downloaded it. Really? It's on my phone. I started to explore how could I potentially use this yeah. to my advantage. Yeah. And that mindset lasted all about two minutes. Yeah. And I no, the, the concept, I like the concept because they're trying to, it's sort of like Vine, but it's just with these dances. Yeah. That they're like, oh, we got to do the <laughs> challenge. I'm like, I'm out. 
Yeah, my account will be dance free once I get the hang of it. Yeah. So no, it it's who do I see? Bill Nye is kind of keep me in TikTok though. So Bill Bill Nye is like he's posting stuff. It's it, it, I'm like, hey, Bill Nye is back back. I don't know. I haven't seen him as one of his videos since middle school. Now he's teaching people about everything. But yeah, but no, this is Nye back fun, on man. TikTok. Yeah, Bill Bill Nye. Twenty twenty just gets weirder and weirder. Funny thing about Bill Nye is um he has a bachelor's degree. So I don't think people really realize. <laughs> There's yeah. hope for us all then. Yeah, yeah. So that's Bill, what do they say? The Bill, the best thing I said was that it was like Bill Nye, the Bachelor of Science guy. So, <laughs> which is fantastic. But he's great. He's smart. He's great. But this has been a lot of fun, man. I just want to thank you again. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate the time.